Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Christy with Twisted Twine Woodworking. I first uh, learned about Christy and her Instagram account from another listener of the podcast. So thank you very much, Mara, for uh, recommending Christy for the podcast. Um, Christy just started woodworking um, basically once she became an empty nester or right before her youngest uh, was going to be out of the house and she really just latched on to it and loves it and uh, and so we're going to talk today about her journey to getting into woodworking and what she loves about it and this maker community specifically Um, but before we get to the interview I wanted to give a thank you to my patrons over on Patreon. So thank you, Amy of Bison Valley Carving, Brandy, Studio Bay, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Dan and Kelly of Reclaimed Living Store, um, Ellen of Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all for your support over there on Patreon. And if you're wondering how you could become a patron and get your name added to the list at the start of the show, head on over to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Maker Mom Podcast. Or even easier is to follow along with Maker Mom Podcast over on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom Podcast. Hit the link in the bio. Join the tribe. That will take you over to Patreon. I look forward to seeing you as part of the tribe. All right, with no further ado, here is Christy with Twisted Twine Woodworking. Well, Christy, why don't we just start with, uh, can you give a brief introduction about yourself? Um, I'm Christy, and I live in Southwest Missouri. I'm actually an accountant by trade, and um, just a couple years ago, I started doing a little making with some woodworking, and um, it has been quite a ride since then. I've got two daughters, but they're both in college, so I'm an empty nester, which honestly is a fantastic time to try new things. So it's worked out well. Gives you something to fill your time with again. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what level in college are your kids at? Uh, my, uh, my youngest is a freshman this, this year. And so she just started and my oldest, she's working on a certification program. She's got her bachelor's and so she's uh, in the process of doing a certification program. So she'll be done in May. So there's five school years between them. But um, so, yeah, they, but they're both at the same university, which makes it easier as well. Yeah. Makes it easy to go visit both of them. At the right. Same time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get too much into the making stuff, I, I want to take you back to your childhood. Where did you, uh, where'd you grow up? What kind of things were you interested in as a kid? I was uh, born and raised in central Missouri. My parents uh, live on a, a century farm that's been in my family for about 110-ish years now. And uh, my dad's the third generation, so my brother's in the process of of buying the bulk of it from my dad since he's in the process of retiring. And it's, it was a great place to grow up. It, um, we all helped. There's six of us kids. We all helped on the farm. Um, my parents still live there. My dad was actually born in the bedroom of the house that he still lives in. So it's got that whole area and that house has a, has a great connection for all of us all those kids as we've been growing up. But I've always been into numbers and finance and accounting. I've, I never wanted to pursue a different career. 
And I still love accounting and finance. I'm finding the maker world really interesting and enjoyable, but I'm a true accountant. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I should make of that statement. (laughs) I was going to say, a lot of times that's when the snoring begins. Yes, I understand that. But I enjoy, I enjoy finance and I actually find the financial side of making very interesting as far as listening to different podcasts and listening to different people talk about their various streams of revenue and just the way it works. I find it just very interesting. And um, so I, I enjoy all aspects of it. So yeah, I realize <laughs> that is not going to be a a great line to sell this podcast. <laughs> Woo, we got an accountant here today. He loves accounting. But I thoroughly enjoy woodworking and just learning new things with in the maker community as well. Uh, now, being that I am a fellow Midwesterner, I'm in mm-hmm. Iowa. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I'm supposed to say Missouri instead of Missouri. <laughs> it goes either way. Uh, I hear it. I hear it more Missouri. Um, politicians, it seems like, like to use Missouri to kind of make themselves sound more local. But, you know, I say it Missouri. People that I interact with is more Missouri. Now, I, where I graduated high school is not very far from the Iowa-Missouri border. Mm-hmm. So when in high school, I will totally admit that we said it was misery is how we uh, yeah. talked about your great state of Missouri. <laughs> Little Midwestern rivalry there. Right. Yep. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, did you have siblings? Do you have siblings? Yes, there's six of us kids and we're alphabetical. So I'm the third oldest. <laughs> And my youngest sister is actually starts with A's. So we didn't completely go through the alphabet, but the first five of us are all alphabetical. And, um, you know, there's 15 years spanning the oldest and the youngest. And we are a very close family. Um, everybody gets along really well. And it's, you know, it's, it's always been my family. I've, it's just been a strong, strong connection, strong family. So it's really good growing up in that, in that environment. Okay. Um, so what about your siblings? I mean, any of them catch the maker bug or the, uh, accounting bug or no, <laughs> any of those bugs? Uh, everybody's kind of got a, a, a unique area of things that we're kind of interested in. Uh, one of my sisters, she does a lot of sewing and in, in that world, uh, uh, in the maker world. So she's been involved with that a lot. My grandma's, um, and my grandma in particular on my mom's side was, was big into quilting. And my mom has kind of been taking that over um, after my grandma passed. But so as far as like making in the world of quilts and embroidery and crochet and those kind of things, that's always been really uh, a heavy thing in, in my family and handing things down. You know, we find that the gifts that are made um, and given are cherished, if not fought over. <laughs> Yeah, definitely same thing in in my family. And I consider anybody who quilts or sews or anything like that, they're a maker too. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. you know, creative and, and all that too. Yeah, my great grandma uh, was a quilter. And so um, I have several, um, you know, full on quilts for beds, plus right. just like couch quilts. I don't know right. what you would call those, but you know, like yeah, the, sn- snuggle the snuggle blankets. blankets yeah. yeah, the right. throw blankets, several of those. Um, and when she passed, it was the same thing. Like we opened several of her closets and they were still stacked all the way to the top full of quilts that right. hadn't been given yet. Right. Um, and so we all kind of fought over who would get that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and it's one of those things. It's one of those, you know, like I have a few that are in desperate need of repair now, but I plan on passing mm. them down to right. my children and yeah. that it keeps going. Yeah, I asked my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter once, uh, if there was ever a fire, what would you grab? And she said, I'd grab the quilts. Because the rest of the stuff can be can be bought again or whatever. But but yeah, her, her answer was the quilt. So yeah, that's definitely, you know, really important, mm-hmm. handing things down. 
Yep, absolutely. In the family. All right. So what about like post high school? What did you do after high school? Uh, I When I was in high school, I took a lot of business classes and then I went straight into college, got my accounting degree, started working for a firm while I was in college, um, sat for the exam after passed my CPA. Meanwhile, getting married, having kids, kind of doing it all at the same time, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend that timeline. But, um, but it was great. I was very busy, you know, with my career and my family. So I would never even have thought about pursuing a, a hobby that turns into, for a lot of people, it turns into a business. But I just wouldn't, I would never have had time considering how busy my work schedule was as well as with the girls. And at the time when I was married, my husband was an over-the-road truck driver. So that was just even more, <laughs> more um, involved with taking care of everything with the girls. In the house yeah, and stuff. you end up being a single parent a lot of right. times. Um, all right. So you said you got into making about two years ago, right? which mm-hmm. means your youngest was still home when right. you got started. So kind of like what, what got you started? Like what even sparked that little bit of interest? Yeah. My, um, my dad, one of the big barns on the farm, um, some of the lumber was call, was, was coming down. So he had taken, you know, some of it down constructively and then uh, replaced that area with tin. So there was a bunch of barn lumber and you know, I'd heard about people doing things with barn lumber and considering my connection to my family, I thought, you know, I should be able to like do something with that. Even though I had never used a power tool, I had never, I had no idea what I was doing at all. But I'm like, surely I should be able to do something with this. So I went and I got it um, and brought a bunch home and I went on Pinterest and saw what I kind of thought a hall table would look like. I didn't know about YouTube. I didn't know about, I mean, I knew about YouTube, but not like watching YouTube to learn how to do like to build stuff. I just didn't even think of that. So I um, went to Harbor Freight, bought a $119 table saw and uh, a set of of, um, drills. And my daughter who actually was home at the time, she helped me put together that table saw because I didn't know what I was doing with that. So she had taken a class in, in middle school that they, you know, like half a semester of just some basics in woodworking and tools and stuff, which was fantastic because it helped me out a lot. Cause she was like, okay, mom, now, you know, don't cut your arm off and use it this way or that way or whatever. Cause my dad didn't, he was not really a maker at all. I mean, he is fantastic in farming and, and running a farm, but we didn't build and make stuff. So I learned a little bit of the basics from Katie and then I was just kind of winging it. So I built a, a table for the hallway, which I was tickled pink with how it turned out. And um, I still have that table and I am more proud that I'm so proud of myself <laughs> for building that table because I had super basic, super basic tools. And, um, and then I was kind of like, you know, this is kind of fun. I kind of like this. I like, making things and then you know hoping that i'll learn how to do it but because oh heavens the way i built this thing looking back now even in the couple years i'm like oh girl that is just not the right way you don't just drill right through the top of the board to you know oh so anyway yeah in hindsight there's a lot of things i'd do different than i did it again but i won't change that table at all because that was the beginning of it for me and i'm just super happy with it and I like when I went I had to get some um some small thinner boards to put to to really attach the barn lumber to because it was so disjointed and so oh it was such a mess to work with so I went to Lowe's and I'm like okay I think I need a two by two okay I didn't even realize that when you wanted to buy a two by two it was not two inches by two inches honestly I didn't I didn't even know that a two by four was not two inches by four inches because that's the the thing with like the barn lumber that I brought back. It literally, the two by fours were two inches by four inches because the, that lumber, like my dad, when he was a kid, cause he grew up on that farm, he 
remembers cutting down these trees with his family and they literally took them down to the sawmill in the area and they cut these um, logs into lumber and then they use these to build the barns and the sheds and stuff so that extra bit of connection with the history of my family and my dad and everything I'm like this is the coolest lumber in the world which I realize nobody says that but to me I was like yeah I got to do something with this to keep this going so so yeah, it was, it was a learning, it was kind of a lot of rambling there, but it was a very much a learning experience. And, um, and thankfully I did not cut my arm off. My daughter was very proud of me with the table saw. <laughs> I, I survived with you survived. probably, yes. yeah, probably some splinters is about the extent of it from the first one. So I would say that everybody would probably say that is like the coolest lumber in the world. Just <laughs> side note there. And also sidebar, fantastic job picking out your daughter's name. Katie is the yes. best name yeah. in the entire world. Um, <laughs> not that you needed my approval, but I'm giving you my stamp of approval. Um, and that's really funny, actually, that you say about the two by four going to, or two by two going to Lowe's. I actually just based off of a conversation with my last Maker Mom interview, I just put a video out. Yeah, I watched it and about I'm like, that. I wish I would have watched this before <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Yeah, because, and it is such, something that people don't, right. like, if you have no experience, you don't right. know. And, yeah, I was like, let's yeah, you put don't this know out there. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so awesome. That gave you kind of the bug, if you mm -hmm. will. Yeah. So, what was your second project? If that was your first project, what was your second project? Uh, I was getting into Christmas time and I needed an exchange gift for my family. And there too, I went to Pinterest, uh, saw a snowman, you know, the little stand-up snowman. So I took a few more boards and cut them up and painted them and, and made a little uh, a snowman for a gift exchange, you know? And so it was just like, you know, one thing after the other. And then I was like, and then I it wasn't long after that, the next, it'll be two years now, this coming spring, I, um, I bought this house, I switched houses. And um, so then I'm like, okay, now this opens up a whole new world of little projects that I needed around the house. And then I built a hexagon coffee table, which was just the craziest idea in the world. Because I, I was still, I didn't have, I, I bought more tools when I tried that project. I, yeah, that was definitely, I bought a Please miter saw. Please tell me you bought a miter saw. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a miter <laughs> saw. I did the top, I did the top of the table without a miter saw. I did that with just a table saw. And so after that, I'm like, girl, before you go on with the bottom of that table and throw some legs together, because that was kind of a deal. Um, so that's when I invested in a miter saw. I, by then I was listening to the Making It podcast and they had always said, don't just go on a bunch of buy a bunch of tools, buy what you need as you go. And I really have taken that to heart because I needed a miter saw with, yeah, with a hexagon coffee table. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just going to, oh, I was going to share that not many people know this, but when I first got into woodworking seriously, um, I had found, I was living in Iowa at the time, Someone had posted on Craigslist when that was still like a decent thing right? yeah. to follow along with. Um, someone was taking down their old family barn was falling apart mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. in the middle of Iowa. So they were taking it down and selling the barn wood for, I mean, it was dirt cheap, what they were selling right. it for. And so I grabbed a whole bunch of it up. And at the time, I mean, now it's probably, I'd say like 125 year old barnwood mm -hmm. um and that stuff moved with me from iowa to southern california back to iowa and um there's a i made a table out of that stuff um and i still have plenty more that i can do with that barnwood i have plenty left but um it's interesting to work with i've never worked with wood that old yeah before and i don't know if you had this problem but just trying to fasten it there right. were points like it would start cracking just because I think right exactly. like it was so dried um and so several times I had to like readjust how I was even going to mm -hmm. like get the top to be on there so for my table essentially like I built the table out of plywood 
basically, and then had to wrap and wrap it, it. Yes, in, yes. in barn wood just so it would stay stable and wouldn't fall apart. Cause I was like, I didn't want to lose, you know, the nostalgia, I guess, of the, right. of the barn wood, even though I did all kinds of crazy things with the finish, but still <laughs> I didn't want to, I wanted it to, that you knew it was barn wood, like real right. barn. But I was really disappointed because I wanted to use uh, square nails since there had been oh, holes yeah. from square nails mm -hmm. being used. Um, but when I tried to pound those things in, man, it just, it split that board like right. none other. I was really, <laughs> I was really sad about that. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if this happens in Missouri, but now still in Iowa, Barnwood's super hot that there's actually people who fake Barnwood. And I'm try to get like a yeah. decent price out of it. Right. Yeah. Um, which is super interesting yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. There's ways, I guess, to age it and stuff, but yeah. I, you know, I like to use what I, what I got. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So you mentioned making it, mm -hmm. which is going to help me segue into, I know that you went to maker camp. Right. Last year. So would you mind just sharing a little bit about that experience? Like why did you decide to go and kind of what was it like? Yeah. Well, I, um, listening to the making it podcast. And, uh, so then last summer in May, I went to one of Jimmy's classes there at his house because listening to the podcast, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I really want to go whenever he was talking about having classes. So even though I had never met anybody that was going to be there, I, and I was only, you know, following along with, listen to the podcast, watching YouTube channels, um, watching. And then I, you know, I'm telling my family, Oh, by the way, in May, I'm traveling to upstate New York, halfway across the country to go to what's in essence, a compound with people I've never met. Well, that I just follow on the internet and we're going to build stuff at their house. And we're all staying in the same home while we're there. And yeah. So <laughs> that got some eyebrows raised with the family. And so they were a little, um, they were a little curious. It, it, are you, yeah, what is going on? And, but it was such a fantastic experience. And, um, so I, yeah, I went in May and we had a, we had a great time, met some was fantastic that, makers. Was that one of his, uh, like knife making classes? It was the obey the grain class. So Tracy okay. and Katrina were, uh, they taught the class. And there was like seven of us students. And then of course, Jimmy and Taylor are there as well. And, and then, you know, Patrick and some of the other folks in the area stopped by and it was like, and then of course, Brett and Jess were there helping with everything. So it was, it was a fantastic weekend. I had never used, I had never used an angle grinder and we were carving wood. So all of a sudden it's like, here you go. Here's an angle grinder with an Arbor Tech attachment and you're going to chop right into this wood. And I'm like, all righty, here we go, kids. And uh, it was fantastic. We had, we had a great weekend of, you know, just getting to know each other and daylight to, you know, to dark and beyond dark. I think the last night it was like after midnight and we're out there, they're slabbing some cherry, you know, they're, they're running some cherry slabs through the, through the planer. And I mean, it was just, it was just a fantastic time. So then when Maker's Camp in October was coming around, I'm like, I am on that bus again. So I, uh, I went back halfway across the country again and we, we, I had a great time and, and there too, I only knew the handful of people that I had met in May. And then of course you get to know and you get to interact on uh, Instagram and Facebook with other makers. So by then I had, you know, gotten to, gotten to know a few other people over social media and then got to meet them when I was out there in October. And the, you know, the really nice thing about Makers Camp, which I'd not been to a lot, to very many other maker type things, except for like the second one then, um, it was a lot of hands-on. I mean, I got my first taste of pen turning and welding and we did some blacksmithing again. And I mean, it was just, and then there's a lot of other things going on too. There was power carving going on and then they had some CNCs. I mean, it was just all these different opportunities to get hands-on as well as interact with the community. That's so supportive and so encouraging. And it was kind of funny when I went in May to the class, 
I just had a checked bag. But we were making all kinds of cool things. We even did some blacksmithing stuff. So then I ended up having to, or I had a carry-on bag. So I had it had to turn into a check bag because they're not going to let you haul some of that stuff, you know, home. But I'm wishing I would have took an extra bag. So then in October, a couple of the folks messaged me. They're like, are you bringing an extra bag? And I'm like, you're darn right. I'm bringing an extra bag. So I came home with all kinds of things. And um, it was, it was really, it was a great experience, a great community um, activity to get to meet more people that I'd interacted with. And it's just really encouraging and uh, a supportive community all around. So yeah, any of those things, I definitely encourage, mm -hmm. you know, go into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I actually hadn't, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I'd seen people post pictures from last year's maker camp um the black and white photos that came out right but i didn't i didn't know i know i didn't know what they came from and so like i saw it on your instagram when you posted Mm -hmm. uh some of your pictures and you mentioned maker camp and i was like oh what is this you know and and that's kind of when i found out about it um I don't feel like there's an awful lot here in the Midwest. I, really wish I there agree was with more you completely. Here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. That's why in any case I've had to, you know, yeah. fly halfway across the country. I guess yes. I could drive, of course, you know, some people drive from further or whatever, but yeah. Um, but that's yeah. a long drive. I just that drove to Atlanta and back. It was a 12 hour drive each way. Yeah. It was okay. But you know, <laughs> yeah, we might have to do some next time. We'll have to do some carpool, and we'll meet in, in like St. Louis, and then yes. just like pick up makers along the way. That's just gonna. There you go. We're gonna. You know, this year, this year at WorkbenchCon, there was a whole, um, a whole big van full of people from Kentucky, and that's what there the, was go. a whole group of makers. I think they said they had nine makers, like twelve cases of beer, <laughs> and more. Uh, and more bourbon than anybody could possibly drink in a weekend on their trip to uh, WorkbenchCon. I think is how they pitched it. So yeah, totally could. Instead of the party bus, it will be the maker bus. There you go. Um, so you brought up like following people on social media and stuff. When you got started into making like were you already on social media just like personal or just personal stuff yeah mm-hmm. i hadn't and really it was you know once i listened to the first podcast and then i started some watching some youtube channels and then it it kind of spread around um and actually the first time in order to even know about the podcast and making a podcast one of the guys one of my friends like regular friends from here um Brian had posted something about listening to the maker podcast or making a podcast. I'm like, Oh, well, I might need to check that out. So then, and then it, you know, snowballs one thing into another and then it's YouTube channels and this and that and the other. And, uh, and then, you know, Facebook groups and it, it's just been, it, it's just, yeah, it just snowballs into learning um, more about different people in the area and different people in the community. There's, I've not run into very many, like you said, here in the Midwest, uh, last weekend, we went to go visit one of the local sawmill, uh, well, they do drying, the, the kilns down in northwest Arkansas, which isn't very far from me at all. And uh, so, yeah, Rackensack Kilns, they showed me around and I got to see, they've got huge, you know, kilns for to dry their lumber. And that was, I, I was like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And uh, so I think, uh, you know, for most people, wherever we're at, there's probably a few of us around, you know. There are. In fact, um, so at WorkbenchCon, I did uh, two presentations. I did carving demo both days. And then I also moderated a parent panel. And at the end of the parent panel, I will call him young because he's like at least 10 years younger than me. He comes up to me, you know, and he goes, you said Iowa. There's nobody else here from Iowa that I know of. And then we talk and he graduated from Ottumwa just like I did high school. And then he made me feel old by telling me how much, how many years later he graduated from high school than I did. Um, But I mean, that's just to your point. It's like, I think, I think maybe because the way the Midwest is made up where Mm -hmm. it's more spread out that like, there's makers everywhere, but we're just farther apart from each other. Right. And there's not like city centers, you know, that are right. bringing us together type thing. Right. Yeah. Um, 
All right, so let's see here. Making it was your intro into making podcasts. What else do you listen to now? Have you uh, fallen down the rabbit hole yet? Oh, <laughs> I am ate up with it. Yeah. Uh, Fools with Tools is, I mean, I'm waiting with bated breath for when those guys post because I've enjoyed. And also there too, as I get to meet some of these people, you know, Brett and Jess, um, of course, Brett's on Fools with Tools. So he, I've met him a number of times. He's from the Midwest too. He's out in California now, but it was great. And that was one really nice thing too, going to Jimmy's um, for that class last May, meeting Brett, because he's a Midwest person. You know, he's one of us um, at that extra level, besides one of us as makers. I mean, so there was that extra connection, which was, so it was just fantastic to get to meet to somebody that grew up just a couple hours from me. And um, so, yeah, fools with tools, big onto those guys. And then just really a plethora of all of the rest of them, you know, obey the grain and um, make or break. I mean, there's, I, you know, I'm not going to remember them all now as I'm trying to <laughs> remember them, but there's, there's a, there's a lot of, of great ones. And even to, to mix my making and the, the financial side made for profit is is a very interesting one too because that feeds both of my you know curiosities mm -hmm. um so yeah there's some there's some fantastic podcasts out there and um and youtube channels and facebook groups as far as just um you know learning the maybe we said too much those guys are <laughs> a hoot too um mm -hmm. so yeah and and for some of them it's talking about the industry and talking about the making and talking about the social media sites. But for some of them, um, you know, knife talk and uh, the blacksmith podcast and those guys, it's, it's, a it's a lot of outside stuff too. Mm -hmm. um, and even the fools with tools guys, it's a lot about what's going on, not just how you forge a this, that, or the right. other. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of other areas too. Mm -hmm. And, that was um, Northwest Arkansas. I was, I found down here too, we've got um, Eureka Springs School of the Arts. So I took a blacksmithing class over a three day weekend in December, which I'd gotten like little nibbles of that when I was out in New York both times. But I mean, that was so much fun. Blacksmithing was so much fun. Now I've told myself, I can't pursue that yet because that's another rabbit hole altogether. I mean, mm -hmm. ideally it'd be beautiful to be able to make wood like, wood furniture and then forge the parts to go with it the hinges the right. handles mm -hmm. all those kind of things but i'm like whoa christy you need to slow down a little bit <laughs> <laughs> just you know because time of course is an issue with right. everybody but but then next month in april um taking a a, a welding class through the eureka springs group mm -hmm. so you know there's a few opportunities out there it's just a matter of finding what's available in in areas and yeah. then kind of pursuing it exactly and sometimes i don't know if you have this happen like i just recently got uh i'm on the newsletter for saber tooth carving tools oh yeah mm -hmm. and just got it in and there's like a freaking carving <laughs> convention <laughs> like half an hour away from me that's happening next weekend i was like are you Ooh. Are you kidding me? Like, and I knew nothing about it except for this brand that's not located here. So it's yeah. your newsletter and that's on there. And I'm like, I can't. And of course I have like a million things going on next right. week. So I can't yeah. go. But I was like, come on. Like, <laughs> we need to do a better job of sharing this stuff so that I should yeah. know about this. You're a half hour away from me. I should know about this. Yeah. Um, so I did want to ask, follow up. You said, you know, when you first told your family you're you're going out to Jimmy's place for this class <laughs> and then you do maker camp like what do they think now now that you've been to both like what do they think now they're very supportive and I knew they would be because by I mean that's how we are but um like last fall I think it was I was particularly tickled when my brother I was working in the shop here on the weekend and I'm three hours away from everybody else in central Missouri and my brother calls and he's, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, something's wrong. Cause my brother just doesn't just out of the blue call me. But um, he's like, I'm at this auction down. It was a few farms down the road from my parents. He's like, they got, they got stacks and stacks of, of old lumber stacked in this barn. 
And I'm like, yes, yes, we want that lumber. And he doesn't necessarily build or make, but he's, like I said, he's in the process of, of taking over the farm for my dad. So he's got lots of uses for lumber. And so we chit-chatted about the, the, um, what we thought was a decent price. And, and then a little bit later, he texted me and he's like, we got it. And I'm like, sweet. I'm like, and then I was asking how much we paid for it. And he goes, well, it wouldn't have been as much if dad and I weren't bidding against each other. They didn't realize, because they were both thinking the same thing. Yeah, Christy could use some lumber or they could use some lumber on the farm. So I, I was tickled pink, even though we paid a little extra than we really needed to. But that they, you know, they you know, communication would have been a little better, but I'm sure there's a lot of extra people, you know, it was a busy place. So. Right. Right. But that was, you know, that was a huge compliment mm-hmm. that they were both thinking about that. And, you know, over the years, over the couple of years now, I've made a few projects for, you know, different family members and, and holidays and gifts and stuff. So um, they're extremely supportive as are my daughters. They um, they're both very supportive as well. Uh, in in my crazy shop habit uh, uh, of making things, have either one of your daughters uh, shown any interest in in learning what mom's doing? Um, no, they they're very supportive, but I don't think either one of them really like when they're here to visit. Or they're not they're not. Hey, let's go out into the shop. That would tickle me pink if they did, <laughs> but. That's not their thing. So I get it. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Maybe, maybe when they start having kids and they want certain right. furniture or something right. like that, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Though I have a feeling grandma will probably yeah. be making some things for them. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So let's talk uh, your shop space now. So you said you've been getting tools kind of as a project yes. needs it. So what, what is your shop like? Well, when, when I moved to this house, um, it'll be two years ago in May, it actually has a shop attached. It, um, a third car garage on the end. So it's about 13 by 30. And one whole long wall is, was already set up for a workbench. And when, when, when I was looking for houses, I, I looked at a lot of houses. And at, by the time I looked at this house, my other house was on was under contract and and this was the last house that we pretty much had lined out to look at and i'm like okay it's either this is gonna have to work out or i'm gonna end up renting something until something comes along and i walked into this house and i'm like oh my gosh this is my house and then i walked into the shop and i'm like oh snap yeah this is definitely gonna be my house and then we worked we walked out on the back deck this back deck ran the entire 55 feet length of my house and it stretched 66 feet out from my back door. The entire backyard was deck, old weathered deck. And there was an above ground pool in the middle of this, but it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I'm like, and there was privacy fence around it. There's trees on two sides. Who puts privacy fence when trees are on the other side of your yard? I, so anyway, that was um, an undertaking to say the least. I, I, had, I had a crew come, a landscaping crew come out literally with heavy equipment to take down the back deck. And my daughters helped me take a few parts down. Um, there was like a 12 by 12 animal cage that even had fence. There was like eight foot tall fence. I mean, it was the craziest thing ever, but, but anyway, so, um, this house has been fantastic for, um, for me with the shop area and to give me space and inspiration. And I don't have neighbors like right next door. I've got neighbors across the street and, you know, on a couple sides of me, but there's buffers with trees and, and, and large yacht lots. So that makes it a whole lot easier so that if I am up late at night, I shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be. Plug in too many people. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what are your go-to tools? I saw you've got a planer, right? Because you were Mm -hmm. um, putting some barn wood through it the other day. Yeah. Uh, But what are your go-to tools? I love my planer. 
And um, recently we found a, a jointer on Facebook Marketplace. So that has been fantastic. And the, the, when I had the jointer, we, like I said, I got it used and the, the, the cutter head ended up, I don't know if, if I ended up running something metal through it or what, but it, it got, it got bent. So I needed a new cutter head and, you know, looking at the price, I'm like, Ooh. so I had mentioned it in frustration in one of the Facebook groups. And one of the guys is like, Hey, I just traded, I just changed out my cutter head for a, a, a Shelix. Do you want me to send you my cutter head? And I'm like, dude, that is the coolest thing ever. I mean, how fantastic is the community that he's like, Hey, you know, do you want mine? And I'm like, absolutely. And the blades are still sharp. And so he shipped it and I offered to pay, I, you know, I offered to pay for shipping. He's like, yeah, it's 14 bucks. Don't worry about it. I'm like, dude, you're the coolest man ever. I mean, I'm just like, this is, this is so fantastic. So, you know, my boyfriend and I disassembled the, the old jointer and, and put the new head in and it works like a top now. But I mean, that is the beauty of this community. It's just so supportive and so encouraging that, you know, I saved, I don't know how much mm -hmm. for, and, and the full set of blades, his blades were perfectly fine. So I'm still using the same blades. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Matt, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I had something um, similar, like after the, after the first year of WorkbenchCon, I did mm -hmm. some um, welding there and I ended up winning like as a door prize, uh, a Lincoln electric um, welding helmet, which is, it's super sweet. Like it's yeah. got like the auto tint and all yeah. of that stuff, you know? And I'm like, this is fantastic, except for I don't have a welder. <laughs> I have nothing to <laughs> weld with. Um, and so I said that and somebody who's somewhat local to me uh, and followed me on Instagram, like reached out and said, hey, I just bought a really nice new welder and I got this kind of like beginner level welder. It's yours if you yeah. want to come like get it. That's and it's so awesome. awesome. Yeah. And I, I still haven't used it because my shop is covered in sawdust and welding and sawdust don't go well together. <laughs> um, but one day when I have yeah. two sides of a shop that I can, you know, one for metal and one for wood, yep. that will be there. Um, my neighbors used it. Uh, on bus conversion type welding stuff so that's been fun but um, <laughs> um but yeah I would agree this uh this community is like super tight and super willing to help wherever they can whether that be knowledge whether right that be tools whether yep. you know and I don't think anybody is also I want to say I don't think anyone's afraid to say like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like they're right. willing to admit if they don't know how to do something. Right. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about like, did you at any point have any level of like, what the hell am I doing? Like stepping into this? Like, oh, I'm feeling? constantly, I'm constantly asking myself that. Uh, cause you know, as especially cause everything is so new each as I do anything or get a different tool or piece of equipment I'm like what am I doing why am I doing this craziness but it is such a not an addiction because it's not a bad thing addiction's got a bad connotation but it's it's so it's so like fulfilling in certain areas to be able to actually when you're done step back and like dude I just made a cool box you know or, or I made a a side table or I made a, a cutting board or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's rewarding like, to oh, be able to very make that, much so. make something with your own two hands. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I've got, I mean, as far as the tools, um, my miter saw, I use a ton. I know a lot of people are like, well, you don't need one. Da, da, da. I'm terrible at making jigs. Let's just be straight about that. <laughs> I am terrible at, at multi functional making a tool multifunction I'm just that's just not my thing um so I love my miter saw I love my planer um I love my joint I mean I they're all all fantastic really and um and and my boyfriend has a lathe which we've got in the shop now too 
And, you know, that's, oh my gosh, that's a fun little hobby too, as far as just yeah, a that's like, to get down to, got into. I, I, I will agree that, and I, and I haven't gotten into it a ton, that turning is like its own animal, right? Because yeah. it is so satisfying because you can finish something right from raw piece of wood to a finished widget right in a couple hours and mm-hmm. what other type of woodworking there's almost no other type of woodworking yeah that you can do that that quickly right um i mean i come close if i want a quick project i'll power carve a bowl because it's and it's along the same but it's along that same premise so it's about two hours from start right. to finish right um but again because it's something small but yeah turning mm-hmm. is is definitely something you can get addicted to yeah <laughs> for sure yeah um so I want to talk a bit more, okay, a bit maybe more about the piece of like, what stops you, I guess, from being hesitant to just do it? I mean, it seems like you've just got this like, okay, I want to try it out. I'm just going to go do it. Like, is it just your natural personality or <laughs> is there some level of confidence you've gotten built up there? I think... I mean, I'm very hard headed. (laughs) I think, you know, anyone that knows me will say that. So I I figure, you know, when I'm trying something new, I'm like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's okay. Um, So, but if it does work out, that's fantastic. And I get frustrated and I get aggravated. And sometimes you just have to walk away from a project or a tool or whatever and but just realizing okay I'm not going to be productive tonight or I'm not going to be productive this afternoon but tomorrow's another day I can go back in and you know this will make more sense or or I need to watch another video of somebody else doing it a different way because I can't get it straight or I can't get it lined up or I can't get it whatever is stopping me in a project sometimes you just need to like detox for a little bit and and redirect Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely there have been times i've walked away from the shop for a week yeah i'm just that frustrated um and need time to decompress and wrap my head around how i'm going to approach it and all that stuff so you started out this podcast saying that you love being an accountant, which again, I will try to leave my judgment aside on that. But so I have to ask, which is, which is your bigger love making or accounting? Oh, as far as love making, mm-hmm. as far as going to pay the bills, it's accounting. Well, I mean, yes. that's the reality <laughs> and I'm okay with that, you know? Um, I, I enjoy, I enjoy accounting just cause that's how my brain is wired. And I, uh, I, yeah, that's just how mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. But to be able to unplug out of that environment and to be able to come home and be able to not think about work, that's really the, as far as right now, that's the beauty of having the, the side interest of making is that I'm not thinking about the office, which Mm -hmm. prior that was on my mind a ton just because of what I do. Mm -hmm. So to be able to unplug from that, go into the shop and not think about a computer or a spreadsheet or a budget or this, that, or the other. And I could focus on actually touching things with my hand and turning something from one thing into another that still has an important connection to me and my family or someone I'm going to be giving it to, I just, it is a beautiful thing to me to be able to do that and Mm -hmm. not think about work and not, you know, to really Mm -hmm. just unplug from that. Yeah. I I mean, a lot of the maker moms I've had on the podcast say that basically making or woodworking is their therapy. I mean, it's, you know, it's a way to, it is a practice of, mindfulness because Mm -hmm. you have to be super in the moment when you're working with tools like you can't 
wander off too far. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. In your mind, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. for safety reasons. Right, right. Otherwise, that table saw will remind you it's there. (laughs) Um, But so I think it helps keep you grounded. And I definitely agree. I feel like working with my hands is something that, like, I have to do. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes I almost make, like, this is kind of a little woo-woo, but sometimes it makes me feel like, um, like it brings me a deeper connection to like an ancestral feeling of right, like, exactly. you know, we as humans have worked mm-hmm. with our hands and tools for centuries. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that l- runs deep in all of our blood. Like it's right. something that speaks to us on a very deep level mm-hmm. to be able to make something with your own two hands. Right. Um, so we're getting close to the end. I wanted to make sure that I asked you if you felt like there's been any obstacles um, in your way being a woman in what's still more traditionally a male-dominated you know, hobby or craft. I really haven't in, like I said, in the short time I've been doing this, I've, I've, I've only received encouragement and support from men and women. It's been a very um, supportive community. Now there's been a time or two when I'm at the store, you know, the big box store and I get kind of the, you know, the very elementary answer to things, but uh, you know, that's okay. That doesn't bother me. Um, it it's it's always been very very um supportive and which is fantastic because i mean the reality of going into a professional career as a mom i mean if we're looking at it from a mom's perspective or a parent's perspective going into a professional career can be very daunting because outside of my family of course like i said my family's always been very supportive but there's a lot of different communities that are not supportive of that at all. And, um, to be, you you know, just not necessarily shamed, but, you know, comments made about moms that are not home with their kids all the time. It's, it is a harsh, harsh reality. And my theory is we each have our own interests and our own perspective, and we will each raise our kids as we see is necessary. And, um, you know, my kids are, are very supportive, both of my career and, and now my, you know, my hobbies are, you know, side activities. So it's been great, but I think the rest of the world could learn a lot from the maker community. You know, we're all in the maker community, whether I'm a blacksmith or a welder or a woodworker or, a, or into textiles or whatever, we're all encouraging and supporting each other. But in the rest of the world, mm-mm, that's not so much the case. So I think the reality of it is the rest of the world needs to learn a few things from the maker community. Well, it's really learning that uh, even if you're talking to a perfect stranger on the street, more than likely you have more in common with them than you do not have in common with them. Right, absolutely. Right, yeah. and I think that's what we see in the maker community. We all already know that we all have this love for creating and making stuff with our hands, to your point, regardless of what that end result piece is, whether it's mm-hmm. welding or metalworking or woodworking. Um, so we all know that our minds work a certain way right? and we can talk to that regardless of like what my home life is versus your home life versus Mm -hmm. my beliefs versus your beliefs. Like that doesn't get brought up hardly at all. Right. We're talking about making. Um, And so I think you're right. If the rest of the world could pick up on why don't we race to finding out what we have in common versus race to finding out what is different about us. Right. Um, that could create a lot more empathy and connection and kindness. Right. And support and encouragement. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right. Well, let's see. How about you let us all know how we can find you on all of the interwebs. So all of these people who are listening to this wonderful interview can follow along with you. Um, I'm mainly just on Instagram, uh, twisted twine woodworking, which I called it that. Uh, because my dad uses Baylor twine 
to fix everything. <laughs> Instead of duct tape, it's Baylor oh, twine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Baylor twine <laughs> is the farmer's duct tape, really. It is. So it didn't matter what he was fixing or, or, or using for anything. Baylor twine can work for everything. So, uh, so yeah, that's why I went with uh, Twisted Twine Woodworking as far as my kind of name, um, my handle for on, on Instagram. I don't have a, a YouTube yet. I'm still too chicken to do that yet. But, um, but I, you know, I might be working up a little more, a little more energy. I've, I've, some of the posts I've done on Instagram have been more process videos, which mm -hmm. I realized probably nobody's actually watching through all the way to the very end. But um, I, I did. Oh, did you? I very did. good. Very good. <laughs> um, I'm not an IT person. I'm not, I mean, I do, obviously I work with my computer and everything in the office, but you know, graphics and, and being able to edit video and stuff like that. I am totally lost. So I'm still trying to learn a little bit about that um, and work up enough nerve to see if I can, because Instagram seems to be pretty gentle and there's been, and I, uh, if I'm doing something that looks unsafe or wrong completely, mm -hmm. um, I welcome advice and suggestions and, and encouragement or, you know, cause there was one where I had my hand in the wrong place and I was whacking at it with a chisel and, and in hindsight, and actually, I think that's actually the benefit of watching myself after I mm -hmm. on video, because I'm like, girl, that was a bad idea. That was right. unsafe waiting to happen right there. So, so anyway, eventually, I think I might jump into the YouTube world just to post a little bit. I will say the community on YouTube is completely different than yeah, Instagram. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's also another apprehension. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I know my yeah. my sisters had mentioned that my niece likes watching my um, the, the clips on on Instagram. So that's my perspective too. I'm like it'd be cool to be able to actually put a video together because um, I am working on a box for one of my nieces, and I, I think I've got enough video footage of it as I'm going. So at the end, I do want to put a video together so she can see how yeah. it was made. You know, it came from barn lumber at Grandpa's farm. Right. And the process of, of looking rough, rough, rough to be in mm -hmm. a, a nice little box now for, for her first communion. So, so yeah, that's kind of what's motivating me, I think, as much as anything to get on YouTube is to be able to post some videos so my nieces and nephews can see what, what I'm making, how I'm making it. And mm -hmm. if they want to, you know, they're still young, so it's hard to say where they'll end up. Exactly. That's honestly why I started my YouTube. It was more for um, clients that buy my pieces. Um, all of them have really enjoyed, I don't have them all up on YouTube, but when I have done that, um, they've all enjoyed me being able to be like, well, here's, you know, the link to the right. video to watch me make that mm -hmm. project for you. Um, and that's, that's always fun. And little kids, especially since YouTube is the thing now and right. all little yeah. kids know that, you know, my, yeah. my, my two are always like, like my daughter one night I had my videos up on youtube up on the tv and she's like oh, i didn't know mommy that you put your videos up on youtube too you're on youtube like yeah. she was just like so blown away yeah and i'm like yeah i guess i'm famous in a four-year-old's eyes i'll take it yeah. <laughs> all right well christy thanks for taking the time to chat with me today oh thank you thank you i enjoyed it a lot yeah all right, again, that was Christy with Twisted Twine Woodworking. I will include uh, links on how you can follow along with Christy in the show notes. Easiest way to get to the show notes, again, is to just follow along with Maker Mom Podcast over on Instagram at Maker Mom Podcast. Hit the link in the bio and hit show notes, and that will take you to the show notes of this episode and all of the past episodes as well. If you've been following along recently with the Maker Mom podcast, then you know we were just spotlighted um, in Make Magazine in an online blog. So thank you very much, Caleb, who did the spotlight on the podcast. And if you're new to the podcast, well, welcome. And uh, thanks for joining the tribe and listening to all of these amazing Maker Moms stories. Uh, one last thing, uh, if you are in the Iowa City area and you're looking for an opportunity to take a class with me next Friday, Friday the 13th, kind of spooky, Friday the 13th, I will be teaching a resin galaxy class at the Fab Lab, which is a local makerspace in Iowa City. And uh, you can find 
details for that event and get tickets for that on uh, Freeman Furnishings Facebook page. So you can just go to Facebook and look up Freeman Furnishings and hit events and it's all right there. So you can go ahead and check that out. All right. Well, I hope all of you uh, have a fantastic Friday and weekend. I hope you get to make something and I will chat with you next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Thank you.